Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks TV. I am Lee, I am here. I am joined by Spencer. Spencer, say hey to the people. Hey everybody. As promised, we are doing HBO's Succession. Spencer, you and I have not spoken about this episode. Uh, or, or your show other than to coordinate this recording so i have absolutely no idea what you think of it i'm super excited about this but just a, a quick bit of housekeeping check out mangum reads mangum reads actually is doing something really interesting i love that you're doing it. it's called pottering around it's a chapter by chapter review of the harry potter series honestly spencer best thing you've ever done except for everything we've done together well that narrows it down doesn't it <laughs> no, it is really good. Check it out. And then, of course, we always have Whiskey on the Weekends. It's a lot of fun. We release a new episode every Friday. So, let's pivot to the Mangum Talks TV review of Succession. As I mentioned, Spencer, you and I have not discussed the show. You have watched episode one. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I must say that when I decided to watch this with Bridget, and I said, oh, let's watch this show. Uh, we're going to do it on the podcast. Lee said it's a really good comedy. Because that's what I remembered you said about it. and Yeah, I do laugh. I, yeah, but when I anticipated that and described it to Bridget, it was not an accurate view of what we were about to experience. It is a satire. It has elements of a comedy, but if you just watch it straight, particularly the first episode, you're looking at like a family drama until you start to see the various cracks and absurdity of it all. Wow, so that, so that actually is very interesting because from the very first episode, I thought it was a comedy. Which is just interesting. Both of us, Bridget and I both quite enjoyed it. But we watched right. it. We sat down, we turned to each other and said, what did we learn about Lee based on him calling this a comedy? Because neither of us saw it that way at all. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so that's, that's a good jumping off point. So just a little bit of a framework of how we're going to do the review of Succession. We're going to go episode by episode, but if you have followed us through the GOT Got Questions podcast or the Mangum Talks TV review of Chernobyl, we have done really close analysis of the television show, um, especially with Chernobyl. I mean, we would get very detailed into what was going on. This is not that type of review podcast at all. Spencer has termed this the three drink minimum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is in the three drink minimum category. I've had my three drinks. Spencer? What you drinking? I had an extra large pina colada because I had frozen uh, pineapple and banana available to make the pine, kind of pina colada I like. And now I'm having a beer for my third drink. Somewhere BJ is rolling his eyes. Uh, you know, I exist to pick drinks to make that man just roll his eyes. He doesn't even know why he's rolling his eyes right now. But just the announcement of what I'm drinking inevitably causes that effect on him. When do you think BJ had a pina colada last I think he looked at someone that got one side and walked out of the room. And I think it's the closest recent exposure he's had to that drink. And that was when he was 22. Uh, yeah, he's probably actively <laughs> avoided anyone that he thought would consume them going forward. Oh, man, that's funny. Okay, so we're scratching uh, our normal, um, you know, sort of uh, way we do the review pods. Normally we would do a exhaustive recap, best line of the episode, and then some sort of Spencer-related segment. This, we're just drinking and talking because yeah. this is a... I at least think it's a pretty silly show, so this is going to be a pretty silly review pod. Oh yeah, this is perfect for it. This is the ideal show to talk about a little tipsy, just because that is seemingly the kind of mindset the characters go about their lives. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to do a uh, like a skeleton recap, so I'm going to just kind of walk us through. Spencer, feel free to jump in whenever. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a few quotes. I think there's <laughs> there's some gems here oh, uh, that we'll talk about, but ultimately, this is we're just going to fly through this. So we start with an old man. 
getting up from the bed in the dark. He's confused and he's pissing in his closet. Um, Spencer, this show is great. I mean, it's called Succession, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the first thing you see is a very old CEO being senile. Like, on the fucking nose, right? Like, (laughs) this is what it's going to be about. And I do have to ask you, um, in terms of your own experience, do you, when you wake up late at night, go to the bathroom with the lights all out, or do you turn them on to find your way through the house? Because apparently this guy picks one of those two strategies. Well, we have nightlights, right? That's true. Your house never really turns off. Yeah, we have nightlights, so you can kind of get around. Um, Because I could see not wanting to turn the lights on, because you you wake up your partner. But that, that actually is a good transition, because... Marsha, his his wife, comes in and kind of, you know, was like, hey, dude, you're pissing in the side of the closet. Like, well, why don't you come <laughs> lay down? And if you notice, she looks like she's wearing scrubs, at least to me. Yeah, it's kind of like, it is interesting. It did look like scrubs. I guess I can write it off as being pajamas, but in retrospect, that really was a kind of scrub look for her. And I think that the show is doing that on purpose, saying this is the lady that takes care of him. Mm-hmm. And the old guy that we're talking about is Logan Roy. He is the CEO of an entertainment and news company called um, Waystar Royco. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like that massive kind of conglomerate, like maybe like a, um, a Comcast kind of company. It's just got their fingers in all kinds of different industries. Right. So he's got he's got like network news and an arm that's kind of like Fox News. He's got parks, weirdly enough, like amusement parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he has some movie studios. And, and with a scale of influence, I th- where I think they say that it is the fifth largest multimedia conglomerate in the world. So a massive degree of influence stretching across all kinds of different industries. Yeah, he's a big deal. Uh, then we cut to a really douchey looking guy listening to some sort of nonsense music. And Spencer, what I loved about this is first it establishes that this douchey looking guy I'm talking about is Kendall Roy. He is the oldest son of Logan Roy, who's the CEO of Waystar Royco. Mm-hmm. But he's singing along to his headphones. And we get the sort of scene where you you know like okay this is this is how he's listening to it and this is how he sounds and it made me never want to sing along to headphones ever fucking again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the moment moment they did that scene, I got every impression I need to out of that character because does not does not that screen scene just scream douche? As you said, is that not oh. just the word that comes to mind when you see this person for the first time? Absolutely. Like like example, they uh, they're pulling up and the driver's trying to tell him. And he takes his headphones off and goes, what's up, man? God, his word choice and language as he's going through this, what proves to be a very large, big deal business dealing, is, it hurts me. It's his dudes, his ways, every word this man uses screams, I am in this position because my daddy gave it to me. Dude, here's the thing. Kendall was the type of guy who iced people for way too long. Like, <laughs> way longer than it was funny. Like, Kendall was still icing people in, like, 2016. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's that guy. Uh, Kendall <laughs> goes in. He meets a guy called Frank. Frank is like the resident attorney and advisor to Logan. He, he's the one um, competent person in the room for many of these scenes. He is. Uh, and Kendall goes in and he looks at a guy um, who his name is Lawrence. And he says, we ready to fuck or what? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I love I, I love Lawrence. Oh. I think his name is like Lawrence Yee, the founder of like a... Um, um, like a media website. Um, I love his reactions to Logan because he's just utterly baffled by this person. <laughs> yeah. So it, Lawrence's um, media company that the, that 
the Waystar Royco is trying to buy, which Kindle is leading the acquisition, is called Volter. That's right. And it, it, it really is kind of like, you could think of like, um, what would be a good example? Like Gizmodo. I don't know. I, it, some dumb fucking, you know, like the, you know the, the websites that do the click-through slideshows? Yes. It's like that. It's kind of garbage. We'll, we'll call it BuzzFeed going forward. That there you right. go, BuzzFeed. That's what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> he just says, uh, Lawrence just says, hey, this isn't going to happen, sorry. Uh, they go outside, Kendall's trying to make it work, and Lawrence just bodies him. I mean, oh, hard yeah. body punches, calls him daddy's boy and Neanderthal. He hits him for having track marks for shooting junk, which, whew, low blow. Um, and the whole time, Kendall is basically begging him not to pull out of this deal. And I'm going to tell you right now, Spencer, spoiler alert for you, for the audience, this is not the Kendall Logan Roy wanted to race. No, no, I think we get that impression really quick. And we also get the impression really quick that he knows that, that he knows what a disappointment he is to his father and is actively trying to do this as independently as possible from him to prove his chops both to his dad, himself, and whatever else, because, hence the name of the show, he has reason to believe that he is the heir apparent and that that particular transition of power is soon to occur. Yeah, he does think that. Um, <laughs> he does think that. <laughs> they uh, they discuss, and then Lawrence walks off. They discuss raising the offer another point, which I don't really know what that means. Um, and like, some dude just asks Kendall if he wants to call his dad, and Kendall, of course, goes off. Uh, but he, and Kendall's like, do you want to call your dad? Do you want to call him? Like, well, hold a second. My dad's not the fucking CEO. Like, yeah. It's a relevant question. My dad's not the one who's paying for what you're about to propose to do. I'm guessing that when they keep on talking about raising the point and the number of, are they talking like a stock buy? Is that what, they're, what they're proposing here, I guess? Or are they really just discussing millions they're about to throw at this guy to convince him to get, get in on the deal? They kind of go back and forth between the actual cash offer mm-hmm. and then the then the amount of stock they're giving. So I'm not. I think this is the stock when they're talking about points. Mm. Later they they give hard numbers. I think they're talking about money then. Mm-hmm. Well, then Logan calls him, <laughs> and he asked if he's closed. And Kendall tells Logan he's going to go up to 120. I guess that's a million. Mm-hmm. And this, my question for you, Spencer, is this the moment Logan knows? This isn't going to work. It's really hard to tell with Logan. Um, my view of him as a character really evolves over the course of even just this episode of where I start out thinking that he's just profoundly disappointed in his children. By the end, I'm starting to believe more that he's just a really... He enjoys manipulating those around him, including his children, and playing them off against each other. So er, at this point, I thought that this was the moment he just got disappointed and said to back away. By the end, I'm thinking he's already intended to do this. It's just... He's adding to his own disappointment to motivate him. All right. And then we cut to a scene with my favorite character of the entire show, Greg. (laughs) I love Greg. Uh, Greg is smoking weed in the car. um, And then he goes in. He sees an intro video. Um, He's apparently starting to work at one of the Raystar Royco um, parks. Yeah, amusement parks. Mm Mm-hmm. And he goes out, he's got this outfit on, um, like he's one of the amusement characters, and sees kids start beating him up. And, and he, not not an athletic guy, he gets winded very quickly mm-hmm. um, and starts vomiting through the eyes of this costume. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they, one of the kids actually yells, he's puking out of his eyes, which we're not doing a best line segment, but I mean, come on, that, that's that got to be up there. I, I like it when the various of the security personnel in the park come in to help him. There's apparently a code word for this that they start yelling out as they go to, his, go to assist him. <laughs> what is it? I don't remember, but it was some dist- distinct, this happens enough that we have a word in our manual to announce this on the radio. We, we got a kid who's high, who's vomiting through his costume. <laughs> I yeah, ass- yeah, this is... <laughs> I can't assume how specific it is necessarily, but there is a word for it. Initiate Operation 3. Like, it's mm. like a normal thing. <laughs> uh, then Greg calls his mom. Yeah. And he has one of the greatest explanations ever, which is some aggressive kid got in his car, smoked, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, a doobie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then he apparently uh, smelled like weed and his car smelled like weed and that's why he got fired. At this point, we still think he's just a normal kid, but his mom corrects the audience and explains, hey, dude, you should have told them who you are. He says, Logan Roy is having a birthday party in New York. You need to go. You need to get him a gift. And that's how you're going to get a job. We have found the grandnephew. Yep. He's the grandnephew. We cut to a room with, uh, I guess this is in the Waystar Royco offices, and it's kind of the war room for the acquisition, Mm because Kendall's there. And some guy comes in and says he's going to burn sage. (laughs) (laughs) No explanation, just there's a man who's going to start burning incense in in our room. Kendall asking the real questions is, uh, is that going to set off the fire alarms? I was like, oh, I'm not usually, I'm, I'm not really sure. Maybe I can do essential oils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, my second favorite character comes in, Roman, uh, Roman Roy. He comes in and says, hey, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and Roman immediately establishes that he hates Frank. Uh, right yeah. away. And uh, Roman asks how it's going, and Kendall says we're going to 120, and Roman just doubles over in yeah. laughter that they're going to 120. <laughs> just no respect for his brother at all. No, and it's clearly indicated in this scene that he basically was the prior one occupying the position that Kendall kind of now does, or at least in a much more greater position of power in this company. Again, yeah. seemingly under or with Frank, based yeah, based on the resentment that we already see laid out. So, yeah, absolutely. He, he did work for Frank, uh, hates Frank. Um, and then he lets slip that Kendall is going to be the heir apparent. He's taking over. Everything gets quiet in the office. And he goes, eh, whatever. Everybody fucking knows. Um, and then he gets ready to leave. And he goes, hmm, yeah, sure, very seriously. Love you, brother. <laughs> Just so pieces out. this actor, question for, so does this actor to you look familiar? Yes. You know, I hadn't really thought about it, but hmm. I can't place him from any of the role he's been in or anything else, but yeah, he does look kind of familiar. What, About what? to blow your mind. You ready? Uh, I'm ready. Macaulay Culkin's brother. Fuck off. Yep. No. Yep. Really? Yep. That's why he looks familiar to you. Man. Yeah. They actually... Yeah. That, those are the same facial features, aren't they? Yep. Huh. <laughs> that, that segment worked out perfectly for me. But yes, it's Macaulay Culkin's brother. That's why he looks familiar. He's not, doesn't have a long, like, acting, like, resume. But he great. got this gig and he kills it. He is great in this role. And just, he is an utter wastrel of a person. I mean, several of these characters have varieties of histories with drug abuse and not giving a fuck. But this guy is at least presently taking the cake in terms of just his casual, entitled coasting through whatever he's doing and with utter disdain. <laughs> hey, hey, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we cut to Marsha. She's cleaning up the pee. 
Um, and I think it's interesting that she's cleaning it. I think it's because she doesn't want anybody to know that he did that. Yeah. Um, a big table is being set up and Logan's walking around. Uh, apparently they're going to throw a party for Logan. Um, and he has very clear instructions. When I get off the elevator, which the, the level of rich of this guy, the elevator goes into his home, right? Like mm. it just yes, yes, lets yes. out into his fucking living room. Uh, he says, tell everyone not to fucking get near me. I don't want them near me when I get off the fucking elevator. That's just one thing. That's all he's asking for. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we get established in the scene, the ones to come, that as much as she may be the woman who's caring for him and is clearly, I mean... Marcia is interesting. She's definitely younger than him. Like, I'd figure she might be, uh, you know, 15 or 20 years younger. But she's not, like, a trophy wife or anything like that. No, no, not at, not at all. They've clearly been together a while. And we've seen in this scene and other ones, they really do seem to care for each other quite a bit. It's the, you know, in the first couple episodes, it's the only time you ever see Logan actually like somebody. And he clearly does. He clearly actually, as much as they bicker, as much as he's complaining about this, they have a very tender moment before he goes out in his walk and to return for his surprise party. Yep. Yep. Uh, we cut to uh, Logan's other child, Marsha. Uh, sorry, Shiv. Mm. Um, and Shiv is on the street and she's with a guy. <laughs> we learn later as her fiance. His name is Tom. Tom is up there for me in the power rankings. This guy's fucking hilarious. Uh, uh, he is a hilarious character. He would be the most frustrating person to be around, though, in real life. He is such a voluntary toady. This is this is his plan. This is he, what he wants to do. He is going to be your butt monkey in any way that he possibly can. Oh, he's a fucking stooge. But he is also really goddamn funny. Yes. Because he oh, drops yeah. stupid, stupid lines. <laughs> Stupid fucking lines. Anyway, he's trying to figure out what to get Logan as a gift, and Shiv drops this one. He doesn't really like things. Yeah. Anything you get him will be equal amounts of nothing. So make sure it looks like, I don't know, 10, 15 grand and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to care, but he wants a certain degree of investment. He wants that showing, but otherwise, really doesn't matter. And we've been with this show, what, 15 minutes at this point, and I totally understand it. Logan doesn't like things. No. You're not going to get him a gift and he's going to go, oh my God, this is so great. No, he just no, didn't no. care. Logan's a big action kind of guy. He really wants, he, he wants people to do things, not necessarily get things. Stuff does not matter. We see, as we see him even wander through his own house, he looks legitimately baffled by the things he has there. Yeah, agreed. Then we cut to Kendall, who is eating a burrito with ketchup. So, yet again, I put that in the fucking douche column. I hate this man. Oh, my God. It's awful. <laughs> He's doing this in front of other people at their war room meeting. What yeah, are you trying to show? He's, like, in a lot of ketchup. Like, not a little oh, yeah. bit of ketchup. We, we're um, seeing the last of what was probably several packs being put on this burrito. Fucking gross. Uh, and he keeps wanting to juice the offer. He's not going to pull out. He, is, he has to get Volter. He, he has to close this deal. Um, and Logan comes in. Yeah, and as everyone's, everyone's telling him throughout this, this is kind of dumb now. This We're going to have to throw stupid some stupid amounts of money to do this. He just doesn't like us or want to be with us. But Kendall has put it in his mind that this is his only way to succeed going forward. He needs this kind of to set the stage for his grand opening. All right, and Logan comes in with papers, and he says, you need to sign this, something about the trust. Yeah. Now, Spencer... I'm going to actually get up from our recording. I'm going to let my cat in because she's making a fuss. Mm -hmm. I need you to do a minute for why you never sign papers. 
like actual contractual documents about a trust without fucking knowing what they are. Yeah. Uh, this trust presumably applies to the future inheritance of all of the various of Logan's children. This is an incredibly important document that he's just kind of casually told that Arcea will now be the trustee of. A massive position of power already. To which Kendall, distracted, doesn't really particularly care. And... While looking at an important legal document that's basically deciding his inheritance going forward of him and his siblings, he decides to just skip to the, read like the first couple paragraphs, then skip to the end and sign it. This is signing away potentially all of his rights as a beneficiary, altering the terms of the deal in a way he can't understand. And this is in a binding format. Some states require witnesses, whatever else, to change this kind of important trust document. We'll say this state doesn't. But... By doing this without reading it, he has no idea of the ongoing binding effect this is going to have on him. To which he just kind of casually goes, ah, you know, they'll be pissed off about the new trustee, but whatever. Clearly, nothing else important in my life is changing by signing this 40-page contract that I've just skipped to the last page of. And we are building all of the blocks of Kendall is not ready to assume the CEO position, right? Kendall, How do you not lawyer those documents? Kendall is not ready to take a management job at Kinko's. Much less, much less take over the, you know, governing position of one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, he needs to stop fucking eating ketchup on a McDonald's burrito. That was gross. <sighs> so back at Logan's and Connor is bragging about his water. <laughs> Quick question for you, by the way. When oh, you yeah, saw ahead. Logan give this to Kendall, did you, like me, look at him, look at Kendall and go, okay, what did Logan just do to screw this man over? Because clearly 100%. that just happened. 100%. Okay, just making sure. And, and the actor that plays Logan really, like, played that well. Because he's, oh, no, it's not. It's not, it's not. I, 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 lo I love Brian Cox as an actor. He does great in all his roles. And he's killing it. Episode one with this character. Spoiler alert, he continues to kill it. But yeah, I, I knew right away, this is this is a problem for Kendall. Mm -hmm. So back at Logan's, Connor is bragging about his water. So Connor is uh, the son of Logan, but not with the same mother of the other three kids. I, I was going to ask you that. Because he, I mean, this is uh, Alan Ruck, I think is playing Connor, um, is cl clearly looks nothing like the other three, his other siblings. And clearly is a lot older, too. I mean, I would say Kendall's the second oldest, and Connor's got, like, you know, 15 years on him in terms of age. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's Logan's first son, uh, first child uh, from his first marriage. And then he, it's a very Trump situation. And then his second second wife, uh, he has the three. Mm -hmm. And now he's got Marsha. Marsha's his third. And he's bragging about the water that he has. And he, he tells Roman's kid that, apparently like water is like the most important thing that like people are going to start killing each other for water or something. Yeah. I don't know. This is his graduate moment where he's just whispering plastics to people around him and thinking he's being brilliant. Like, okay, I'm already deducing that you're going to be a really weird character. And then we have one of my favorite interactions. I want to say my second favorite interaction of the episode. Uh, Shiv walks in and she greets Roman. They hug. And she says, what is that date rape by Calvin Klein? And he says, yeah, you wish. And she goes, you wish? He's talking to his sister. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that every conversation stops because, like, no, no, we can't let that one go away. What? <laughs> you wish? What, what are you talking about? No, 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 he's his sister. Her husband's right there when you just said this, too. Oh, well, I mean, he doesn't care about Tom. Nobody does. No one cares about Tom at all. Why is Shiv with Tom? They don't seem to be much 
he is not the person I would have, I would have expected Shiv to be with. Uh, let's table that and let's talk about it in later episodes. Okay. Because they do flesh that out. Um, Logan takes them into a side room and he says he wants to add Marsha to the family trust. Plus, he wants her to get his vote upon his death. Now that's the bit. Ding, now, ding, she's, ding, 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 ding. now she's got two votes uh, if Logan is to die and everybody flips out. Connor just leaves. He says, I'll do whatever the other siblings want to do. Logan says, look, you guys talk about it. And oh, oh, uh, one more thing. I'm staying on a CEO. <laughs> and Kendall is stunned. He's like, what the hell? Logan just walks out. And Roman, shout out to Roman. He immediately wants to text somebody to tell him what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> to which Kendall, I love this, just such brother moment, charges him to take the phone out of his hands. Yeah, and they start like, like, like they're, 15 and like 18 like he's trying to get the phone hey what are you doing no no you can't take my phone and kendall says no it's a lockdown situation this can't leave this room kendall in his mind i guess still thinks he's going to change this as if anybody's ever changed logan roy's mind Mm -hmm. um and then kendall tries this line what do you think he's okay do you think he's well do you you think he's with it and shift calls him out it's like oh come on you fucking asshole yeah then kendall confronts logan in the dining room uh before everybody can go in he just gets logan in there he shuts the doors and Logan explains that Kendall's handling of the Valter acquisition of what is what convinced him to stay on. Logan says, you begged for it. Um, Kendall says, I wasn't about to. And, and by the way, uh, let me back up. This is my favorite interaction of the episode. Oh, this is a great moment right here. Uh, Kendall says, I wasn't about to get into a dick measuring contest. And <laughs> this is, uh, I'm not going to do a segment. This is the line of the episode. Uh, Logan says, you know, I know that you've read a lot of books about business management and this and that. But do you know what? Sometimes it is a big dick competition. <laughs> Great line. And it's almost like his Yoda moment of where he's just saying, and that is why you fail. The oh, fact he continues. You... Oh, yeah. Oh, he continues. He says, look, you never lawyered the trust. And Kendall's like, what the fuck? I, I trusted my father. And he says, oh, yeah. By the way, you also left the room, you know, the war room for the acquisition to come to this birthday party. I came to your birthday lunch. What do you want of me, man? Yeah, that, that he didn't want that. That and, Logan doesn't respect that. And all and he of says, these, he all says of these. all of this is an accumulation, and that's yeah. why he's staying on. Now, Spencer, question for you: mm-hmm. two part question. One, do you think Logan is right in his assessment of what Kendall's been doing and his fitness to be CEO? And B, in this whole sequence, when he's giving an explanation for why he's staying on as CEO, do you think he's telling the truth? Okay, uh, I have a few thoughts on this. One, I think every assessment that he has of Kendall is accurate uh, in terms of Kendall's inadequacies for the position. I think he's dead on in terms of the things that he points out about him. But, point number two, at least two of the three things he just mentioned are things he set him up on. That he specifically put the thought in his head that, well, you're coming to the birthday, right? Oh, you're not? Well, you know, it's your decision. He put that thought in his head because Kendall originally wanted to stay. But then uh, Logan puts that in him to have that kind of moment. This is, and this leads to my third point, that no, I don't believe that anything about what he just said is the reasons that he's choosing to stay. I think the fact that he thinks Kendall's utterly inadequate for this position is incidental. I think he's seeing this as just another opportunity to manipulate those around him as children, which seems to be one of the things that gives him the most pleasure. Okay, so I'm going to, spoiler alert, um, we're halfway through season two now of Succession yeah. when we're recording this. Uh, this is never, this has not been fleshed out. You, you don't get an answer to this. So you, we're just speculating at this point. And I'm going to tell you, 
I disagree with you. Really? Yeah, I actually think that Logan was going to step down and this confluence of events made him think, I can't hand this fucking company that he's built from the ground up. It's his baby to this guy who's just, I mean, as we've talked about, every single step of the way is just a fucking incompetent douche. Which then, if that is the case, that may offer a different explanation for why he spends most now of the rest of the episode trying to bring two of his other children back into the company. He seems well, to... well, no, not necessarily. Mm. You have more no. knowledge than I do, sir. No, no, no. Just from this episode, man. Just from this episode. Because okay. I think what he was doing with that, and we'll, we'll get to it here in a second, is he was trying to get them to sign on to this deal of Marsha being on the trust. Bri- rank bribery. Yeah. Um, Logan says he may step down in five or ten years. By the way, this is his 80th birthday. So, yeah. Optimistic uh, shout out to Robert you. Mugabe right here. Who <laughs> just died at, what was it, 95? Yeah, not soon enough. Um, and Logan says, it's my fucking company. And Kendall says, yeah, it's your company, but you're running it to the fucking ground. A little bit of ageism here. I feel like, um, it, like I, I just have ageism in that comment. But what I'm trying to say here is that Kendall is basically saying nobody who is up in age can run an entertainment or media company. Which seems to be the kind of mindset that uh, Lawrence had with his criticisms that he was offering of, um, of Kendall and um, Logan's company. But dinosaurs, yeah. But Logan really pretty quickly throws that back into his face about let the oh, people. Yeah, I got, s- yeah go ahead. Yeah, I got the, I got the line. Please. So Kendall balls his fist up, and Logan is the best. He's you want to hit me? Is that it? Go on, go on. He walks up to him, give him a chance. <laughs> Logan is a fucking boss. He's you gonna fucking cry, Kendall? Are you fucking crying? And I, again, I honestly think Logan is trying to teach Kendall here. I I I do. I think he's trying to toughen him up. Hmm. Um. And then Logan drops this line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything changes. The studio was going to tank when I bought it. But guess what? No. They want to go out. No one was going to watch Network. But give a zing. And guess what? They do. You make your own reality. And once you've done it, apparently, everyone is of the opinion. It was so fucking obvious. Opens the doors. Launch. <laughs> Wonder, as you said, this is the greatest, greatest scene of the whole episode. Such a wonderful interaction between these characters. Yeah, and Kendall, by the way, like definition of beta here, because he just got first off his dad pulled the CEO rug out from under him, just laced into him, in you know in the dining room. What does Kendall do? He goes into a bathroom and he starts breaking things, <laughs> but then in the beta cubed move, right? Like that was a beta move. Now let's cube that beta. He cleans He's, it up. He cleans it up afterwards. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> And the only regret I have from this episode is that Roman didn't know that he cleaned it up. Oh, can you imagine yeah. what Roman would have said? Oh, that would have been so much fun if that had been. But yeah, it just shows how little control he actually has. I mean, of himself, of what he thought his position was. He's just so utterly impotent that he goes and shatters some things and then realizes he might get you might get in trouble for it and cleans it up in his daddy's bathroom. It... Fucking, fucking hilarious, but I gotta back up. You said impotent? impotent there it is sorry (laughs) again it's three drinks don't ask for pronunciation accuracy here very impotent there (laughs) kindle and they they start lunch and by the way as weird as this family is as weird as all the events accumulating into this lunch are they seem to be having a relatively normal lunch and i saw from the after um uh the the little production notes they do after so many of the hbo shows nowadays that apparently most of the dialogue in the scene was improv 
Oh, I didn't know that. Apparently, you just set the characters down and said, this is your character. Talk how you would with your siblings. Go. Well, it works. Um, <laughs> so they're having this lunch. And then Frank, God bless Frank, by the way. You, By the way, you, if I had to have a, like, let's let's play a game. Sure. Um, of the characters in episode one, I'm going to say who I think you are, and I want you to say who you think I am. Okay. Because I think you're Frank. Hmm. Because I- Frank stands up here and gives a very sweet, nice, like appropriate speech. But Logan's a piece of shit, so like <laughs> it didn't land, right? He, he, Logan's a piece of shit, but honestly, in this particular scene, he actually looks a little touched. Maybe he's just putting on for everybody else, but he looks like he appreciates it. Not enough to save this man's career 35 minutes from now, but <laughs> still, alert. appreciate the words. So yeah, I got you as I got you as Frank. Who do you have me as? And if I, you say Tom, I'm hanging up right now. <laughs> Uh, no, you're not, Tom. It, it's a struggle because you you have a, a good competence and managerial sense that immediately removes you from almost any character in this show. I think you are a mix between Frank and Logan, maybe tending towards a bit more of the Logan just in your sense of humor and, and uh, kind of personal investment that uh, I have not had a chance to see out of Frank yet. Boom, that's right. I'm Logan. I'm the man in charge. Good. I actually, I, of all the characters that I'd want to be, and I might be tipping my hand for later episodes, is is Shiv. Shiv, I have hopes for, but I just don't know it yet. We didn't get to see much of her other than her interaction with her characters. It seems like she's running a political campaign, that she's involved in politics. She definitely comes across as the most competent of any of the siblings, and the one with the best you know, perspective and sense of self. But I need to see more of her before I can say clearly what I think of her and what I think she can accomplish. But you got to question that decision-making, right? Uh, in terms of Tom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, in terms of Tom. <laughs> that's a serious mark against her right there that I just yeah, don't good. get. I mean, Tom yeah. is such a zero. He's a hilarious zero. He's a character I really enjoy having in this show, but I wouldn't even want to be around that man. He's a zero with a ten dollars to $15,000 watch that he's just carrying around right I, now. <laughs> but spoiler, I love where this watch ends up before this episode is done. <laughs> oh, man, it's good. All right, so then Frank at the end, he calls Logan his friend. Ooh, I don't know about that. I think he went a little farther. I mean, um, these two then, clearly get together. What is Frank's official position? Would you say, is he like the COO of this company or something? He or? is the COO, yeah, okay. and that, that comes up in a conversation later. Gotcha. Um, so Logan then says it's time to play the game. Now, I can remember very vividly the first time I watched the show. I honestly thought, like the 30% of me thought, is this like the greatest game? Is this like where they just take a person and they just like kill them? Like, <laughs> are they going to hunt a human right now? Like, this is not you, off the table for this family. <laughs> I mean, my, the, the options that were going through my head were ranging between that and Yahtzee. It just We had no frame of reference to know what the hell he was talking about. Until they go out, they get in cars, and we're going to go back to a scene that's happening in the cars because this is a wonderful Greg moment. There's a lot of really awkward Greg moments really throughout Greg's the fucking best. Uh, they get in helicopters and they fly off to go play softball somewhere. They do. So we're going to talk about the Greg moment, but I would like to talk about how preposterous this entire setup is. So Such the setup to the things. family, the setup to the family is that this is a surprise party. But Logan is able to say, okay, thanks everybody for being here. I've arranged for helicopters to take us to my upstate mansion where I have a softball game set up for all of us to play. Yeah. So <laughs> off 
the bat. Like the idea that this is a surprise is preposterous. That's my favorite part. Is that the softball match is set up. They've arranged. They've just been arranged with everything there ready for them. It's, but there's no but polite fiction scene, even for this. To that scene we're talking about. So somehow Greg ends up in the limo with Logan and Marsha, which is fucking hilarious. And he takes a shot. Look, hey, shout out to him. He check. He takes a shot. He says, "Look, my my great uncle or my great granddad, which is." Um, you know, your brother, um, he has a seat on the board. It's a legacy seat. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you, maybe you give that to me. Maybe, maybe I scratch your back a little bit. Maybe you scratch mine. And what the best moment of the scene is Marsha just giggling in the corner <laughs> as he's making this pitch. <laughs> this, this is fall. This is following up on him, you know, really almost aggressively talking to Logan throughout a birthday, a person he just met from the very first time of where he's mostly just to be there to just be seen and not say anything now. He grabs him aside to present that he just lost his job for throwing up while being high and needs his help to get it back. To yeah. to which Logan basically just says, oh, oh, you're my grandnephew. So, yeah, get my brother's permission, get, get my brother to ask me and then we'll, get, we'll, then we'll make it happen. Oh, we, there's your buddy. There's your there's your dog. It has to show up every podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's this moment of where both of them immediately realize, and we realize as an audience, that Logan and his brother don't talk much or at all. And that is a clear listener where Logan basically just said, yeah, go off and do this impossible task in the event that that happens. Sure, then we'll talk more. Well, and Greg even tries in the limo to bridge that gap. He's like, oh, well, he says he says happy birthday. Logan's like, did he? Well, well no, but he knows it's your birthday. <laughs> It's a, by the way, hilarious to me how rich people travel in helicopters. I just think that's like when the world ends due to like a lack of energy like that. that this is what I mean. This is what threw us over the edge. Right? This is just These fucking moments, preposterous. Yes. Uh, I got to ask. Uh, I find Greg a hilarious character. But are we to suggest that he is in some way not, I'll say, uh, perfectly neurotypical? This guy comes across as being really Socially awkward to the point that I'm not going to say he's just shy. You think he's on the spectrum? I'm wondering whether he's on the spectrum. I was trying to uh, get your thoughts on that. Okay, we're debuting a new segment on Mangum Talks TV for our review of Succession. It's called Spectrum Watch. <laughs> no, so we're Spencer, not doing that. We're not doing Spencer, that. I task we're you stopping with this Spectrum task Watch. Now. <laughs> it's Spectrum Watch, and you're going to have to you have to track this and and you know weigh the evidence, the okay. pros and the cons of of uh, potentially Greg being on the spectrum. So Spectrum Watch. Yeah, these rich people traveling in helicopters is completely ridiculous. Uh, Logan starts to talk to Roman about coming back into the fold, back into Waystar, uh, Waystar Royco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I again, I, I really think he's doing this because he's trying to get him to sign the papers to get Marsha on the trust. Not necessarily because he really wants Roman back into the company, although he may. It's hard. I, mean, I think definitely there's motivation in terms of uh, trying to bribe him into signing the trust documents. Because we see that repeated again over and over, of course, this including the end scene. Um, but it, there's also reason to believe that he, as an intelligent businessman, would not want Roman back in the company because, as we hear in this scene, Roman's prior foray in terms of running what seems to be the um, film division of his conglomerate was yeah, uh, studio, yeah, disastrous at best. Well, Roman says it's only disastrous because Frank stifled all of his genius ideas. So this is yet another indication that Roman really hates Frank, and he basically says, "Look, I'll come back on." Meaning, I will sign the papers if you fire Frank, you give me COO. 
To which at the time I'm thinking, well, fuck if he's going to do that. But by the end of this episode. Yeah, seriously. And I don't know if you caught the little talking in code that Logan and Marsha did. Because as soon as um, Roman pitched it, Logan looked up at Marsha and said, are you okay? And she said, sure. You? And I think these two are talking in code. I think he was asking Marsha her opinion. Yeah. We got a lot of suggestion here that though Marsha seems perfectly friendly and perfectly nice and not offensive to anyone, she has a business role in this company that is not uh, on paper, but is very much in fact. Yeah. And, and at least from this first episode, I think she's a force of nature. Oh, yeah. Um, Tom still has the fucking watch. <laughs> He's carried the watch with him on the helicopter. <laughs> you may have seen Connor's effort to give uh, Logan the gift at the party and seen that that didn't go over well. So he's going to save it for a, for a better moment. Remember, <laughs> well, then, remember, remember Connor's gift, by the way? Uh, yeah, Connor's gift was goo, as Roman put it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the uh, dough that you can then make for yourself. A sourdough starter, yeah. <laughs> it, God, Connor's a weird character. He is so... Outside of whatever the rest of his family is doing. It's the type of shit I would like. If you gave me a sourdough starter, I'd be like, that's fucking awesome. But, I mean, does he really think that Logan's going to bake bread? Like, he's so fucking disconnected. Um, but then we cut back to the, the helicopter and Logan then asks Shiv if she'll come back. Oh, no, no, sorry. She, he, Logan is doing this um, from the softball field. I'm sorry, yes. I misspoke. Um, yeah, and he's talking to Shiv. He says, will you come back? And... We got from the conversation with Shiv and Tom on the street when Tom was trying to figure out what the hell to buy Logan for his birthday that Shiv is actually working for some sort of campaign. I um, mean, are we to believe that she's as high up as like a campaign manager or that she is just a member of the campaign? I was. She's more- clearly pretty high up because she's directing when the candidate is going to like make a like actually, you know, give a speech. So mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not like a canvasser, right? Yeah, she's a big deal. Yeah, and Logan offers her a position to be her fiancé's boss, which I think is fucking hilarious. And Schiff seems to like that. Oh, yeah. Logan's got a good read on his children, and he read that one well, in terms of the moment he says that Shiv is now really considering it in a way she was not five minutes earlier. I've got the first um, segment of Spectrum Watch. Woo-woo! Logan indicates Greg is a potential competitor for Tom. (laughs) Wow. And wow. I love that later Tom apparently recognizes this and makes Greg his mortal enemy. <laughs> he fucking does. It's so funny. But, like, I mean, he's known Greg for all of, I don't know, an hour and a half, mm-hmm. maybe. And Greg has done nothing but be a fucking imbecile. So that tells you, you know, what Logan thinks of Tom. It, it, it was interesting, though. Greg's word choice was to the point I was having to look up what he was saying. But the, he, was, he was using a lot of weird words that I was not immediately familiar with. But he was using them all correctly. So he's clearly educated. He clearly actually does have a brain. But he's just the most awkward person in terms of going about his day-to-day life. Yeah, he's fucking weird. Uh, Tom comes up and gives the watch to Logan. And Logan clearly doesn't give a shit. And there's this great moment where, like, Tom says, it's a... I don't know what he says. I didn't write it down. But it's like, it's a blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then Logan just turns the watch you know, case around and says, yeah, it says right here. It's a blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just told me what I just fucking read when I opened this watch case, <laughs> you idiot. And then Tom had this joke that was like, it's a, it's a extremely accurate watch. Um, I'm doing the self memory. Um, when, when you look at it, it'll tell you precisely how rich you are. Mm-hmm. And then Logan just goes, Oh, it's good. That's good. Did you rehearse that? 
Which, by the way, Spencer, if you ever want to be a big boy and somebody hits you with a joke, just giggle and say, oh, did you rehearse that? <laughs> yeah, you immediately take any fire out of them right there. And Tom, t- Tom's response is, uh, no, no, of course not. I mean, yes, I mean, maybe. Just, like, just utterly collapsing person. Just <laughs> collapses, that's a good way to put it. He just falls down. Um, and then Kendall um, asks what they're going to do. He's talking to Roman and Schiff. And he pitches that he takes over with them under him, co-presidents, which is a Again, such a douche. He's not being clear about what he really wants to do. Roman hits him with this. Can I think about it? Yeah. I thought about it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> to which Shiv basically has the same response, too. Where she, by this point, is actually pondering coming back in. It's just like, no. I, I'm not tolerating a scenario where you're in charge of me. Bye. And walks off, too. Yet again, so much disrespect to Kendall. And now we are going into a segment. Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. Mm-hmm. Roman does the meanest shit the I think I've ever seen in a fucking television show. <laughs> ever. We had to pause the episode when we were watching it just because like, <laughs> what is he doing to a child? It's the meanest shit. Is this where you and you and Bridget were like, fucking Terry thinking this is a comedy. He is a he's, he has a dark heart. <laughs> we, we watched it. Well, I can see why certain people would find this funny. I'm more Sir. going for tragic, but sure. Yeah. Comedy. So, Give me another it's beer, so please. Fucking funny. So let me explain to folks what Roman does. So Roman, they're playing the game, and Kendall gets a call, and he says, "I gotta go. I gotta go back to the war room for the acquisition for Volter, and they need somebody to play." And Roman goes to one of the the folks, like a, a, a somebody's like a landscaper or working on the the grounds at Logan's mansion, and he has his family with him, and they're watching the game. And he says, "You kid." So it's like an eight, nine-year-old kid, maybe, maybe upwards of eleven, twelve at the most. He says, "You, you come in, you sub in." He's like now, the, Kendall was batting at the time that he got the call, and the kid's like the groundsman's son. But, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Somebody working on the grounds, and he pulls him over. And Kendall was batting at the time, so it's the kid's turn to bat. Mm-hmm. So he picks the bat up, and Roman says, "I will give you a million dollars if you hit a home run." <laughs> And he writes the check. <laughs> he writes a fucking check and puts it in the kid's face. And he says, come on, you get a million dollars. And the kid looks back at his family and his family's like wide-eyed. Like, I don't know what to do with this. And the kid obviously is like, I have to hit a home run here, right? Like, I, <laughs> this is my move. <laughs> God, this is awful. And then the kid the kid takes a hit. Now, he he makes contact. He doesn't it's hit a it very gra- far. It's a grounder. <laughs> It's a grounder. Shiv, God bless her, does her part. She commits an error. She purposefully. It's her glove. Clearly purposefully. She flails it out, and the kid rounds the bases. It's a little like third. Eventually, he gets to third, and who tags him out? Tom. Tom. Fucking Tom. And he even tells him (laughs) off when he does it, too. And Roman then laughs in the kid's face, pulls the check out, cuts it into fourths. Give him, gives him one of the force and said, there you go. It's a quarter million dollars. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, Spencer, it's so mean. And it was, you know what? This is like, it was so mean that Logan had to stand up and like do the most comforting that Logan can ever do. Yeah. Which Logan just shook his hand and said, that was a, that was a magnificent effort. Magnificent. And, and I think it's a really in character for Logan because he really does seem to appreciate effort more than anything else. That the rest of the pageantry just means nothing to him. He disdains it. But someone who actually puts in a legitimate effort to earn, to do well, he does appreciate that. So it, this, it's a really yeah, nice gesture that he does that. It is, but it, this scene is just incredible. It's uh, and then you see, you see a family lawyer goes over to the family of the kid 
and he tries to get him to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Spencer, your kind are evil. <laughs> this is the thing he needs to do now, because do you want to get that, that, that to be out in the public? Do you want that particular event to be written about, about your family? No. He's rough. protecting his client. And he's noticeably, and I didn't notice it the first time, but carrying the watch box in this he's moment. Carry, carrying the watch, and, and the, the guy signs the non-disclosure on the watch box. Yeah. Uh, then Logan fires Frank. Very casually. Yeah, very casually. I mean, he, is he literally firing him, or is he moving him? Is he, he What he says is, we're moving you to light duties, which... Suggests he's still going to be with the company, but in just no position of authority. Like, member of the board, but that's it. I believe he's... F- I don't know, man. I, my understanding of these like big corporate like constructs are that when you tell somebody you're in a reduced capacity, like you're effectively firing them, but you're willing to still pay them only because you have so much money you don't care. Right. But you want to strip them of power. You're firing somebody who has any ambition or pride whatsoever. Because they're not going to stay with that for long. Yeah. Tough move there. Tough move to fire Frank, but it shows that he's really trying to get the kids to sign this damn thing that adds Marsha to the trust and then gives Marsha Marcia a voting interest in, in the event two, that Logan dies. Two votes, apparently. Well, yeah, yeah, two votes. Uh, then we cut to the flight back on the helicopter, and it's Shiv and Roman. And... And also Connor, but Connor says, I'll do whatever they say. Connor clearly doesn't want to play the politics. Connor has voluntarily um, stepped away from this family a long time ago. Um, and Shiv and Roman tell Logan no. That the, his, what he's offering is not enough. They don't like it. And then Logan has some sort of medical episode. We don't know what it is, but at first I thought he was faking, but then it becomes very clear he was not. I think they said by the end, by the end did he have a stroke? Is that what they said by the end of this? No. He had a brain aneurysm. Oh, that's right. He did. Much more serious. Yeah. And then they turn the helicopter around and they take it to a hospital. Now, you know, if I was, let's say, Spencer, you gave me $15 billion. I don't think I would have a helicopter. No. But it would be nice to have one if you had a brain aneurysm. (laughs) There are moments of where if you can just pick me up my roof and fly me to the destination, that would be lovely. Still wouldn't invest the money into it, honestly. Well, if you if we gave you fifteen billion dollars, you'd have fifteen billion dollars in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got it generate like two and a half percent interest. Uh, Lawrence, then uh, we cut to to Kendall. He's back in the the room with Lawrence, and Lawrence tells Kendall it's a deal. You got it. Um, I I've got to accept it. And. Is he saying, I gotta ask, well, I'm gonna ask you once the scene's done, but let's finish the scene first. Sure, yeah. So Lawrence basically starts it by saying, Did you hear the news? And Kendall goes, What news? And he goes, Well, it's a deal. Kendall's like, Oh, that's great. We're gonna be great. You know, forget all this bullshit. You know, like me and you are gonna be bros. And he says, Well, that's not really the news I was talking about. The news I was talking about is your dad just had a brain hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. You just invited me into the chicken coop. Without daddy around, I'm gonna eat you all one by one. (laughs) Wonderful moment. Definition uh, of an irrational confidence guy. Uh, in terms of Lawrence's uh, interactions with Kendall, you're, you're, put, you're putting fuck yeah. Like what Lawrence is, it, like Buzzfeed is the best example. That you're, you're right. It's Buzzfeed. Mm-hmm. They're taking like this would be like Buzzfeed, the owner of Buzzfeed, telling the owner of Comcast or Comcast, like fuck you. I'm like I'm gonna get on your board and eat you one by one. Like way too much confidence for fuck guy. Now, admittedly, if the CEO of Comcast in this scenario is Kendall, he's got reasonable odds. 
you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm betting for Lawrence, but at the same time, it's going to be an interesting spread. I felt like it was way too much confidence. Anyway, what did you want to say about this scene? Do you think his decision right now is driven by the news he just got? In part, probably, but I also think um, that Kendall offered an amount that the investors for Volter couldn't say no. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Kendall threatened, like in the scene, Kendall said, look, I've given you an offer that's so good. If you don't accept it, I'm taking you to court. Yeah. Basically, like you, you're, you're doing a disservice to your shareholders. Yeah. Now, admittedly, he couldn't himself take him to court unless he is a shareholder of Volter, which he might he be could at this point. Be. But yeah, yeah, he's proposing this point is that if you do not accept this offer, which would be beneficial to your company, it would be a breach of your fiduciary duties to your shareholders, which is an interesting argument to make. It's an argument that's often made in these kind of takeover situations. Yeah. Well, anyway. He says yes. So now we got Lawrence on the board of Waystar Roco. And then we cut to Shiv. Uh, and she's calling Kendall. So when Lawrence drops this, Kendall clearly doesn't know that his dad has had this brain hemorrhage, right? Mm-hmm. Or aneurysm or whatever the hell it was. And as soon as they finish the conversation, he gets a call from Shiv. And Shiv lets Kendall know that Logan is in the hospital. And then we cut to a moment. I love the little moments of this show that, that build character. And this is what I'm going to point out. They're all sitting in the waiting room, basically, mm-hmm. while Logan is being treated at this hospital. And Shiv is on the ground. And I think uh, Marsha's like looking in the window, you know, at where Logan is being treated. And fucking Roman is walking on the bench that everybody else sits on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's chosen to, to fucking walk on the bench where everybody else potentially could be sitting. <laughs> He's such a prick. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> really, the episode, the, I'm trying to remember, the episode basically just ends here in this kind of, this is the new succession moment that we didn't think we were going to have at the start of this show. It ends actually with one more scene, which is the family, um, with the kid that was offered a million dollars to hit home run who did oh, not. Oh, right, it's in their house. They're sitting around at home and they have the watch from Tom. Mm-hmm. As the kid's playing on like a PlayStation or whatever else, as the news is starting to air that... Logan Roy has been taken to the hospital in critical condition. Yep, they have the watch. All right, Spencer, that is Succession. That is episode one. Did you like it? I very much enjoyed it. I I, I don't know if I'd necessarily put it as a comedy, but it's a very hard show to categorize because it definitely has funny moments. It could be viewed as kind of like a satire of this family in, these, in this business situation that they're in. At the same time, also, it just really depends how seriously you want to take it. Because it can also come across as a pretty cutting and painful family drama, too. So it has a lot of different diverse elements that it brings together in a way that is just quite fun to watch. Completely agree. Um, I love the show. Uh, I I watch it. I've been watching it since the very first episode um, from the week it aired. And I'm still watching it now. I'm excited to do a review with you, Spencer. Let's do it again soon. Uh, and I have to say, it was interesting reading about the show, that of everything we have watched so far, this is the show that has developed the least of an audience. And that surprised me, that this show has actually struggled for an audience over the course of its two seasons. I think one critic described its numbers as... Uh, it was a really cutting way of describing that nobody's watching it. I'm surprised by that. This is an all-star cast and a really interesting subject. So... Maybe, yeah. maybe this I don't. One. I don't know. I mean, I think HBO is a little bit less concerned with like the immediate numbers, right? Because like if you look at like Chernobyl's immediate numbers, they were shit, but then everybody caught on to it later. Sure. 
So I think if they think the show is quality, they'll continue to fund it, thinking people will catch it later. And obviously, with our massive audience, when we're now reviewing it, I mean, I mean, the the the, the Mangum Talks TV bump is is in play. I mean, the the last episode had uh, five hundred and seventy thousand viewers. I think we could make that five hundred and seventy seventy thousand and one hundred extra right there, right then and there, right there. <laughs> might as well HBO might as well advertise with us, my friend. But look, I, I hope they keep making the show. I really like it. But I am excited to continue to do it with you, Spencer. We will do it again in a week. Two weeks, I don't know, sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching Mangum Talks TV. This is our first episode of the Review of Succession. Tune in for episode two. Spencer, talk to you later. Till then, man. See you.